morning, church. Once again, what a privilege to come before the Word of God. So please open your Bibles with me in the Gospel of John, where we are camping this 2023. Let's find chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 43 to 54. Now let's hear then the word of God. After two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor, honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too have gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that what that was, the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask you now for your blessing and the illumination of your Holy Spirit as we turn to this passage from the Gospel of John. We pray, Lord, that we might believe this morning that there is no other way in which man can be saved apart from Jesus. And in his holy name, we pray. Amen. This story is about more than a miracle. It is about believing. It is about faith. It is a perfect illustration of faith. But more than that, it's about the object of faith. 
From the many miracles Jesus did, John uses this one as a second example of a miracle to redirect us, to point us to the object of our faith, not to the miracle itself. His purpose is not to show to show us how many miracles Jesus did or how great the miracles were. John himself tells us at the end of his gospel that all the miracles Jesus did were, if they, all the miracles Jesus did were written down, there would be no room for books in the world. So, the purpose of this second sign located in the Gospel of John has one intended purpose and is at the end of the Gospel of John as well. That it says that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's not that we were amazed about the miracle, but we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. That is why we are being presented all these miracles, all these signs, as John calls them. The word believe the beginning of our story, the word believe is at the beginning of our, of our story. Notice when it says in verse 48, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then in the middle of this story that we are going to be meditating this morning, in verse 50, it says that the man believed the word that Jesus spoke him. And at the end of the story, in verse 53, says that these noblemen believe in all his household. The whole gospel of John is about believing. The word believe is used about 100 times in this gospel, mostly connected to believing in Jesus for salvation. But this message, this message was a serious contrast with the established religious, religious system, Judaism. They believe that you gain salvation by something you do, such as ceremonies, Rituals, routines, obedience, after acts of kindness and good deeds, and the summation, submission of all these signs, all these things, I'm sorry, gave people salvation. But the gospel of John is contrary to all of that. There is only one way to obtain salvation, through faith, Believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and in believing, we receive life. So you see, salvation is not something you do. It's someone you believe in. Someone you put 
your faith in. And that is why John writes the account of this man coming to Jesus. So we can consider where to put our faith in and decide who should be the object of our faith. This, this second sign presents us with a man, a royal official facing a severe problem. But before discussing the problem, let me introduce you to this man. According to some commentators, this man was at the service of Herod. But even though he was not a king, it is suggested that he was a powerful and influential, influential man with a big problem. His son was close to death. And everyone who is a parent here can identify with this situation, a sick child. We try everything possible to ensure our kids are out of risk or sickness, right? And perhaps this man had done everything he could to find a solution for his son. He might have seen the best doctors and paid for the best medicine, medicine, but his son was still at the point of death. Money, power, and influence cannot buy everything. Many of you have often heard the common saying that money can buy a king-sized bed, but it cannot buy sleep. Money can buy a big house, but it cannot buy a home. Money can buy a companion, but it cannot buy a close friend. Money can buy a church building, but it cannot buy entrance into heaven. And as our text suggests, money cannot buy life and health. That was the reality of this poor man. So at the news of Jesus' arrival at Cana, about 24 miles away from Capernaum, the nobleman saw his only hope. And here, my dear brothers and sisters, we can start to understand a little bit of the nature of faith. We all here kind of know what faith is. We use it we use it daily. Even when we do not use the word faith, we practice a degree of faith on a daily basis. When I go to the barber to cut my hair, I use a degree of faith when he uses those sharp scissors. I have faith that he will not stab me with them. 
When I go to a restaurant, I use a degree of faith. I trust that the cook will not poison me. When I deposit my paycheck into a bank, I use a measure of faith. That's a big faith. I believe the bank will keep my money safe. And I can use it whenever needed. And we also practice faith in matter of religion. How often have we heard, as long as we have faith, that is all that matters. As long as you have faith in something, you are okay. Do not give up. Keep on believing on whatever you believed. It's better to believe in something than in nothing. Keep trusting on whatever you trust. But that statement is not entirely true. The faith we encounter in the scripture is a faith whose object is one person, Jesus, and Jesus alone. This man did everything he could have possible done for his son, but nothing was able to help him, only Jesus. And so he put all his eggs in only one basket, Jesus. And he left everything behind to find Jesus. He left his son, even knowing he could die while away. He did not send a servant. He did not send his wife. This nobleman was a desperate man. We need to stop here because we all face the same dilemma. To keep trusting ourselves on what we can do or to leave behind our apparent security and trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone. This nobleman did not turn a deaf ear to the news of Jesus in Cana of Galilee. He did not think himself too important to seek Jesus personally. Instead of sending a committee to bring Jesus to him, he risked his reputation to ask Jesus in person for his son. What a lesson of faith for all of us we find with this example. Faith requires the humility to ask Jesus to do what we cannot do for ourselves. But there is something else that faith, in the biblical meaning of faith, needs and is persistence. 
Notice with me in verses 48 and 49. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the official said to him, Sir, probably I don't have a clue why you are saying this, but sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus' response seems harsh, but to clarify, Jesus is not talking just to the nobleman. He is addressing everybody around him. In Greek, the word you that he is using, Jesus is using, unless you see signs, the word you, you John uses here, is the plural you all. If you go to the southern states, y'all, how you all doing? Thank you, y'all. He's talking to everybody present about the sensational aspect of the miracles. Those who were there just for the miracle and not for Jesus himself. But in the middle of this crowd was this man in desperate need. And this man was in no position to argue with his only hope. This man was in great despair. A disaster was waiting at the door of his house. And he had come from afar determined to ask Jesus for help. And so he cried for a second time, Sir, curious, the one who is in charge, calm down before my child dies. He did not allow Jesus' words to discourage him from persevering in his quest. And here again, Faith is illustrated in front of our eyes. Persisting faith in Jesus is absolutely necessary, necessary for securing Jesus' salvation. If we believe, we need to believe tomorrow. And tomorrow, after tomorrow, we need to keep believing. We must be humble, we must be desperate, and we must be persistent in believing in Jesus. Because He is our only hope. We need to believe as a man in the ocean with nothing but a life jacket. What would you do if you were in the middle of the sea and the only thing at hand was a life jacket? Would you start writing a list of pros and cons or a list of other options? 
consider what other options you have. Let's see how many hours I can, I can swim. No. You would grab the life jacket for dear life. It's your only hope. And that, my friend, is saving faith. Notice verse 50. Jesus said to him, Go. Your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. What a simple response, eh? Go. Your son will live. We must notice that the noble man had a preconception that for Jesus to heal his son, Jesus must come to his house. And I mention this because sometimes we come to Jesus with preconceptions about what Jesus should do for us. And we come with our own ideas on how Jesus should do things. But, is, but that is not the way faith works. There is no other way will work. That there is no other way Jesus will work our salvation. There is only one way that Jesus will save us. Our salvation was established by God the Father before the foundation of the world. And it, it was established that it is through faith in the life, in the work, in the death, and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if we believe... We will be saved. That's the, the only way. There is no other name. No other way. No other door. No other truth than that. And that absolute truth, that absolute part of our salvation is the stumbling rock for many. This is where many turn their backs on Jesus and return with empty hands. Because in their minds, it is not possible that Jesus is the only way to receive salvation. There is not only the only way to receive forgiveness. There is no, Jesus is not the only way to receive eternal life. There have to be many more ways, they think. In their minds, the idea that God only offers forgiveness of sin and eternal salvation through Jesus does not fit. 
There is no room in their hearts for a God so exclusive. For them, it is difficult to understand that God did not have to offer any solution for our guilt, transgression, or eternal damnation. Still, God in His mercy has given us such a great opportunity by sending His only Son And everyone who believes in him has forgiveness and eternal security. That was the decisive moment for this nobleman. He came to Jesus, asked him to come to his house to heal his son, and Jesus' response was, Go, your son will live. Can you believe it? All the trip, all the kerfuffle, all the troubles, leaving everything behind, and Jesus said, go, your son will live. This is like when you go to the doctor and you elaborate a list of things that are wrong with you, and after your long explanation, he writes on a piece of paper and gives it to you and says, take this medicine. Have a nice day. And that's all. That was the case with this nobleman. There was a simple but powerful solution for this man. This man had to trust Jesus' words in obedience and go back home. And my dear friends, this is saving faith. No matter what you see or do not see, you trust not based on your senses or your feelings. Your trust in the person of Jesus is not based on a miracle, but on the person who gives his word to you. And that is saving faith. This nobleman trusted in Jesus' love and compassion. This nobleman trusted in Jesus' omniscient knowledge. Notice, Jesus knew his son was healed in the moment he healed him. This nobleman trusted in the omnipotence of Jesus. Notice, he trusted that Jesus was all-powerful, that he could do what he said to him. The Bible calls this to walk by faith and not by sight. This man was moved from trusting in himself to trusting in the person of Jesus. Notice how this passage ends. In verse 51, 
through 54. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. In these final verses, dear friends, we see that this nobleman shares his faith with his family. That is not possible once, once you encounter Jesus that you keep silence. There is no way. And that's what John is writing this gospel. The things that I have seen and the things that I heard, those are the things that I am sharing with you so that you may believe as well that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It does not say that they believe because of the miracle, but because of these man's encounter with Jesus. Genuine faith begins with hearing about Jesus, coming to Jesus, and believing who Jesus is. And therefore, the object of our faith is Jesus and Him alone. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for this beautiful illustration of saving faith. Help us, Lord, to believe once we hear the message, and once believing, Lord, to be able to walk towards, towards you, Lord, to leave behind everything. And once believing to persevere in our faith in you, Jesus, please help us to do that. Help us to recognize that there is no other name. There is no other way. There is no other door for our forgiveness, for our eternal salvation than you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to grab this truth like a life jacket. In the name of Jesus, 
we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and let's sing together this closing song.
Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now and forevermore. Amen.